Hello, folks, and welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I'm Charlie Burris. That is Zach Reagan. No music today, uh, which always just feels awkward, but uh, I'm transitioning rooms, transitioning. I, I wish I had a whole studio. It's just rooms in my house. Transitioning rooms. Don't have the music set up quite yet, but uh, wherever you listen throughout the world, thank you so much for listening to us here on the Big Orange Podcast. Uh, Zach and I talk everything balls every week, and if you want to, to listen to that on the regular, make sure you go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed, rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts, because if you subscribe, you won't miss any of them when we drop them on Mondays. And speaking of Mondays, it is one at this very moment. It is Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern time, and that is when we go live on YouTube at the A to Z Sports Nashville YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe there also, because then you can come and quite literally be a part of the show. You can come in and comment. We read the comments. We react to them. We interact with everybody, and it's a ton of fun, and you can be one of those people that's uh, that's in the show. Uh, so do that. Subscribe, notification bell, thumbs up. Do, do all of the YouTube stuff. And uh, I guess I could also say share the show. Let your friends know about it. I'm trying to get the word out about it. I was on uh, I was on a newer podcast uh, over the weekend called The Vol Bros. Those guys were uh, really cool. Had a fun conversation. Go find their YouTube channel. Um, they they got great stuff. They are <laughs> literal brothers. It's not just uh, not just that they're bros, you know, like me and Zach, but uh, they are quite literally brothers. And um, go check it out. But anywho. Uh, at Charlie underscore Burris, at Zach TNT, at A to Z Sports, A to Z Sports.com for all this other we write on the internet. And finally, before we kick things off, got to tell you about the unbelievable sponsors that keep the show running. They're right there, right underneath me and Zach on the YouTube video. Superbook Sports, no better place to wager on your favorite sports than Superbook Sports. Go to Superbook.com, download the app today. Rattle and Snap Tennessee Whiskey from Longstill Distillery. Make your own luck, just like Tennessee football's fast-paced Rattle and Snap offense with Rattle and Snap Tennessee Whiskey. Omaha Steaks, get $20 off your order uh, of perfectly aged steaks, juicy burgers, decadent desserts with promo code VOLS. That is V-O-L-S, Omaha Steaks. And finally, Farm Bureau Health Plans for better coverage, better rates, better service. FBHP.com slash A-T-O-Z. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, to everybody who's tuning in, oh no, Big Ten Jeff's already in the comments. Uh, his flight back home, I believe he's in Europe. Uh, Big Ten Jeff, so um, sure, you can come hang out with us on your flight back from Europe, Jeff. But Zach, you are actually here uh, in America, not a, a trader like Jeff going over to Europe. What's up, man? Uh, just trying to get over this uh, weekend disappointment that Vols baseball gave us after we talked him up all last week and. Go down to Athens and get beat by Georgia. There's not a worse team to get beat by than Georgia. So, trying to feel my way through that on this Monday. I'm sorry to any and all fans that had to go down there and get barked at. That's always just the absolute worst, uh, especially after last week when we talked about how uh, how much Georgia fans just truly suck. Um, that 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 was tough. <laughs> that was tough, especially after the uh, the Friday night win uh was really encouraged just kind of went like all right tennis they still got it still got it a little bit i won nine in a row and then dropped the next two really weren't all that competitive in the next two um some really disappointing is that karma is that our fault for is that our fault for talking trash or so much trash about georgia fans maybe you know you whatever i still do it yeah, exactly. Who cares? Because really, we we spent Friday just dunking on Alabama and their their baseball coach 
getting fired, but actually Alabama went and beat Vandy uh, over the weekend. I think it was at Alabama. So a little bit of an easier environment than Tennessee was in, in Athens, but um, yeah, weird situation. I think Mississippi state was the only team that did not win it home. Was that right? No, I can't. I felt like they were, they they got swept by Arkansas. (laughs) Yeah. I saw that. It was a weird weekend. I think LSU dropped their series too, didn't they? And then they they fell out of the number one spot. Wake Forest is up there now. Yes, that is true. Um, Interesting times in college baseball. We're going to talk about it near uh, closer to the end of the show and about with with the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament coming up, where exactly Tennessee baseball is at. But for the bulk of today's show, it's going to be all about football. It's been a bunch of football news. There really hasn't been a whole lot else. Softball won an SEC championship. We're going to talk about that. But uh, outside of that, recruiting. It's going to be a decent chunk about recruiting, but then there's also been some odds and ends with the football team. Some things that some reporters said, maybe we honestly, Zach and I haven't exactly decided what we're going to talk about yet. We sort of have a list and we're like, eh, we'll play it by year. Cause there was actually a decent chunk of stuff to talk about with the Tennessee football team. And that's what uh, the show is going to be about tonight, but uh, we're going to dive in first with the commitment of Kellen Lindstrom, a four star. Everybody can calm down. Everybody freaking out every time a three-star kid commits to Tennessee. And, oh, we're still three-star, you. Oh, no. Well, a four-star committed to Tennessee over the weekend. We'll talk about that right after I tell you about our amazing sponsor, Rattle and Snap Tennessee Whiskey. I don't have the bottle with me. I don't have it. I got my props, uh, but it's in the other room. Like I said, I'm transitioning between places, but few things go better with a Tennessee sports victory than an awesome whiskey. And uh, if you watched the the game day show with me and Crompton, you saw plenty of rattle and snap uh, flowing during this past football season after all of those amazing wins. And Logstill Distillery has released a new Tennessee whiskey product line called Rattle and Snap Tennessee Whiskey, named, a, named after a long-forgotten game of chance. It is a whiskey for those who make their own luck. There's a four-year and an eight-year version. If you look down in the corner on YouTube, that's the four-year version. They're both incredibly tasty. And uh, perfect in cocktails or just for drinking neat in a glass. You can find Rattle and Snap across the state of Tennessee, but also in Kentucky, Indiana, and Mississippi. Run and don't walk to go get yourself some. That is Rattle and Snap Tennessee Select Straight Whiskey. And now to recruiting. Tennessee grabs up four-star defensive lineman Kellen Lindstrom from Springfield, Missouri. This is an interesting pickup. He is uh, a four-star on every service except 247. The 247 composite, he's a four-star. But 247 itself ranks him as a three-star. But according to the composite, the number 27 defensive lineman, the number seven player from the state of Missouri, and an exciting pickup as always because of the way Tennessee plays football. But to get a guy on defense is always really nice. What do you think of this one, Zach? Yeah, I mean, obviously you, you've you got to get load up on these defensive linemen and have a chance to compete in the AC. It's the type of player you're going to have to have. Uh, that's what kept Tennessee out of the playoff last year was defense. Uh, that's why they lost to South Carolina and they weren't in that Final Four. If they have a, a quality defense, play well that night, they're in the playoff, who knows what happens. Although it's hard to see anyone beating Georgia last season. But, I mean, yeah, you got to get these guys. Who knows how it pans out? He's a four-star, talented guy. Those are the type of guys you got to load up on, and then you got to develop them. Garner is going to develop these guys, so you got to feel pretty good about once you get them on campus that they're going to produce, not like the Tennessee of old where four- and five-star guys came in 2014, 2015, 2016, and a lot of them 
kind of fizzled out and didn't really progress because they weren't developed at Tennessee. And I think that reputation changing, as you saw in the, the NFL draft this past or, or, you know, late last month, especially with Byron Young, you know, going fairly high there, especially with his story showing up at Tennessee the way he did. I know he was recruited by Jeremy Pruitt, but really it's this staff is the one that developed him and got him to where he is, helped him kind of unlock that talent. So you got to feel good about Lindstrom's uh, possibility of contributing at a high level for Tennessee. Obviously, you got to go prove it first. But the fact that they went to Missouri, uh, beat out Oklahoma uh, for this kid, which is another intriguing storyline, I think, in its own. Josh Heupel's probably not going to have to go up against Oklahoma head-to-head a lot. But he went head-to-head with them with his alma mater, got this kid. He's going head-to-head with them for a five-star as well. I mean, it's between Oklahoma and Tennessee for williams Winery. Uh, Heupel's showing and not backing down and, and not showing that, that that's a problem for him. He can go up against Oklahoma and do whatever he has to do to close the deal. Yeah, that's that's exciting. And so many people have had that talking point of, is, is Josh Heupel, does he still have feelings for Oklahoma? Is this and that? Obviously, that's not really going to come in into play here. But I, I would guess in this case, it's honestly, it's probably got to feel good to get a win over Oklahoma like that. I you know, Tennessee. So. Tennessee can't play him on the football field quite yet. They're not in the SEC yet, but, um, you know, j- just to have that, you've honestly, I feel like you've heard more that there's kind of bad blood between Hypel and Oklahoma than there is any kind of love between Hypel and Oklahoma. So that's nice. But just to get that win over a program that, at least before this newest coach showed up, was a power, it's not, you know, from his first year, it's not looking so hot. Uh, but still, I mean, they, they they are a recruiting machine, uh, and so I, I think this is really good. Solid, solid pickup, and uh, I like what I see from this kid. And uh, just just to get wins like this that kind of uh, get get you believing more and more in what Hypel is doing, and, and you take away any of that criticism that obviously annoys all of us, where it's like, oh, it's just three stars, just three stars. Well, here's your four star. Everybody, calm down. It's going to be okay. Uh, and I think the, the main thing that I wanted to talk about from this uh, was where Tennessee is at right now in comparison to the rest of the SEC. I think it's an interesting talking point um, because they are ninth in the nation. They are behind a few SEC teams. And there are SEC teams where I would throw it to you, Zach, and say, is this concerning at all? We love this pickup. Great pickup. And honestly, so far, I really like this class that Tennessee is putting together. But you're behind Georgia and Alabama. That's not surprising at all. At number four in America right now, with only eight recruits, one of them is a five-star, six four-stars, according to On3, is Florida. Then at six nationally is South Carolina with eight four-stars. And then Tennessee comes in at ninth with six four-star players. You're behind South Carolina and Florida. At the moment, obviously, you can finish really strong. Doesn't really matter. Um, but at this moment, any concern at all that you're behind essentially your your two biggest SEC East rivals outside of Georgia? No, I don't think you can be too concerned yet. I think we learned last year when Tennessee spent spent most of the recruiting cycle in the top five and then fell to well, around 10. Then it's where class finishes. That's what matters. Obviously, Tennessee... South Carolina, Florida, they're all right there, kind of in that same range. I mean, 24-7 sports has a little different. They they have them 9, 10, 11 with South Carolina, Tennessee, Florida. So they're all kind of pretty much in that same range. 
you don't want to finish below South Carolina. Definitely not after what happened last fall. You do have to finish above them significantly higher than them, I would say. But I don't think it's anywhere close to time yet to, to panic about that. I mean, the, neither class is even halfway full yet. I mean, they both have about 10 or 11 commits, so a long way to go. South Carolina's class propped up a little bit by that five-star. That helps them quite a bit. Tennessee's going to hope to land. Talked about Williams, when, when Williams, Winery. Uh, hopefully you land him. That gives your class a little bit of a boost. Some others out there, too, they're chasing down. So, I, you know, we'll wait and see where it pans out. So I'm not not too concerned yet. If it's November, December, getting in almost signing, that's a little different then. Exactly. That, that's essentially how I feel. I don't put really any stock in these rankings at this point because I, I somebody said it in the comments already. Let's see. Uh, Mr. Jones, he said, people forget Nathan Laycock was a low three-star before jumping to a high four-star last year. Uh, Hypel just gets them in early. I think you're definitely going to have some elements of that in this class, and you'll you'll climb up a little bit there. And, uh, you know, you, you start there and project out to some of the dudes you potentially have on the line coming up. There there are some five stars that Tennessee is in on. You mentioned it there, Williams Winery. And he's not the only one. Um, and so this this class could come together really nicely, and it's just not not over yet. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Don't, nobody, nobody freak out for multiple reasons. Don't freak out because of the three stars. And don't freak out because South Carolina is leading quite yet. That's That's what I would say. And it's just going to take time. Oh, we we have our uh, we have our boss here in the comments, Austin Stanley. He says Charlie has already quoted Taylor Swift twice. You need to calm down and bad blood. I did say you need to calm down. I'm not going to act like I know Taylor Swift songs too much with bad blood. But uh, he he asks, were you in Nashville this weekend? Thankfully, I was not. Yeah, were you out there till what was it like two a.m. last night? Is that what uh, people were saying? That just, yeah, because they got hit by like a monsoon in downtown Nashville last night and the concert got uh, got delayed. Say what um, you will about Taylor Swift. I mean, to go out there and, and still perform that late into the night, I mean, that's delivering for your fans. Absolutely. Uh, and that. I, I heard it was good. So congratulations to everybody who spent what I heard was like, a freaking mint to go to that concert. God bless you. Whatever you you do, what you want with your money. Uh, but I mean, I somebody told me their friends bought tickets to that for like seven hundred and fifty bucks a piece. Fifteen hundred bucks to go see Taylor Swift? Uh, no, thank you. No, no, thank you to see anybody. I mean, who? Yeah, that's who, pretty upset. Yeah, that's a pretty unreal amount. Yeah, I seven hundred fifty bucks. It would have to be the reanimated corpse of Frank Sinatra. I mean, I I don't know, like who. Who would I go see for that amount of money? Like, man. Um, but more power to, to everybody that did. And uh, I, I saw Mark Mark Nagy was out there, our media friend. And he was he, also at a Morgan Wallen concert that got canceled <laughs> yeah. in, in Oxford. So I can't imagine what, what kind of money he dropped on those two sets of tickets. I, I'm guessing he got a refund for the Morgan Wallen one. And that was sort of before I think he was set to go on stage. But those yeah. tickets are... I think equally as expensive for sure. Uh, they were both in football stadiums because that's how huge all those guys are now. Is, um, is Mr. Jones trying to throw a, throw a rumor out here. Salacious <laughs> Taylor Swift, Joe Milton rumor. Did we hear the rumor that Taylor Swift was dating Joe Milton? I, Taylor Swift has dated the, the gambit. My wife like keeps me up on a little bit of that. So I, she, well, she's Joe been Milton song soon. If there's, if that's true. Exactly. If if she writes a song about Tennessee football, you'll know who who it was about. Huh? <laughs> um, 
anywho, the as far as recruiting goes and, and the, the latest news, we have another tidbit that we're going to talk about in just a second. But uh, was was there any other thoughts with this Lindstrom commit or anything coming up, Zach? I just that bat. I'm really intrigued about that battle for Williams Mary uh, because the Oklahoma connection. His high school coach was teammates with Josh Hull at Oklahoma. He's also from Missouri, so going to Missouri and getting to even a four star, five star player that would you know two of the biggest recruits in that state, kind of pulling them out of Missouri's backyard would be kind of hilarious just because of Missouri and and Eli Drinkwitz and his extension and the disaster that that has the potential to be out there. I think that would be. An interesting story, but really just going up against, you know, his alma mater and one of his teammates. How where does where does his former teammate guide this kid? Hopefully he just lets him decide on his own, whether that's Oklahoma, yeah. Tennessee, you know, whatever he wants to do. That's kind of the way it should be for, for any high school kid. But I think human nature is to maybe subconsciously push him in one direction or the other. Does he go with his former teammate in Hypo, who he clearly knows very well? or Oklahoma, his alma mater, where it's a lot of people that he didn't play under. A lot of people maybe he doesn't know. It will be really interesting. You you have some conflicting narratives out there, too. You had Steve Wiltfong going on a show for 247 Sports and saying that Tennessee is the leader uh, for him, or the, he said the team to beat, I believe was his exact words. But then on the on three recruiting prediction machine, you have Oklahoma at an 85% chance. To get one area, and then on two four seven sports, you have one crystal ball prediction from back in March uh, mm-hmm. for him to go to Oklahoma. I wouldn't put much stock in that, but um, we'll see. That's that's going to be a really really big one. That that's a class changer, you know. You, to get a kid like that, it's a kid that you can you can recruit other kids based on recruiting that one. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, Josh Heupel said he wants to play elite defense. If you're going to play elite defense in the SEC, you got to have five-star dudes, and you got to you got to land that kid. If, if you're in the mix for him, and you're going up against Oklahoma, you're not even going up against Georgia or Alabama really for that kid. You have to win that battle, especially them coming off a six and seven season. Jury's kind of still out on Brent Venables if he's going to be the guy out there in, in Norman, and and I don't want to cast doubt on on his ability to seat out there just yet first year coach had been a long time coordinator we'll see how it plays out for him but this at this point where tennessee's at and where oklahoma's at crazy that we're even saying it like this because two years ago we would have never framed this conversation this way but it's true if you're going 11 and 2 you have to win that battle without a doubt so we'll see what happens uh but we're going to move on to one other recruiting note that is about a big time commit that tennessee already has in J.J. Harrell, um, he tweets out this week, or I guess it was over the weekend, maybe a couple days ago, that Friday. his recruitment fr- – okay, so it was Friday. His recruitment is open, and yet he's still committed to Tennessee. Uh, so what is the deal there? We're going to talk about it right after I tell you about our next sponsor, Superbook Sports. Make 2023 the year that you beat Vegas. Make it all count this spring with Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the best wagering app around with a direct line to experienced bookmakers behind the counter in Las Vegas. Plus, get a $250 bonus when you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day. Don't let spring pass you by without winning money with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-889-9789. That is Superbook Sports. Also, don't be like 
uh, Alabama's baseball coach and try to cheat your way to a win on any betting apps because then you will lose your job and maybe get in legal trouble. <laughs> uh, but that was pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. Um, Superbook Sports. Support them because they support us. Now, J.J. Harrell, big-time Tennessee recruit, I believe, a four-star player that Tennessee has locked down. See the the stats there for him. According to On3, he is the number 20 wide receiver in his class, the number three player from the state of Mississippi. And he tweets out, despite still being connect uh, committed to Tennessee, that he's recruiting is open. Um, don't love it, but I'll throw it to you first, Zach. What should we think about this? Well, recruiting is fluid, so nothing... You never count on anything until the papers are signed. And even then with the transfer portal and the way you can get out of your, your national letter of intent, maybe that doesn't even mean much at this point. It really is when you see them on the field. That's when you can count on a player playing for Tennessee or any other program. So with that said, I don't necessarily think that's where this is heading. I think a lot of people might see it the same way. I would say it's probably an NIA ploy and, and Maybe that's unfair to the kid. Maybe it has nothing to do with that. He suggested that he just wants to enjoy the process, which I fully get. I mean, if I was 18 years old and I was committed to Tennessee, I would still want to take some visits to other schools just to experience it, just to meet people. You make these connections. Who knows where you end up later? Who knows what coach ends up you know, at Tennessee or in the NFL if you make it that far? There's all kinds of connections you can make. And it's a great experience you get to have one time in your life. Even if you go in the transfer portal, it's not quite the same as being a high school recruit. There's so many different kind of restrictions. You kind of got to be real secretive about what you're doing, especially if you're committing to a program before you're even in the portal. So I can understand him wanting to go through that process. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But to tweet that out and to put it out there like that, I mean, he told on three after the spring game that it, it confirmed that he made the right choice. And that's, you know, less than a month ago. Does much change between now and then? I don't think so. I think it's got to be an NIL ploy. Uh, and, and that's fine, too. I mean, that's the leverage that you have as a recruit. That's what you can kind of do now, and it's it's happening everywhere. Now, how far does Tennessee lean into that? We don't really know how they operate with this NIL stuff. We don't know if they kind of give in to some of these demands. I mean, we've seen players like Tyler Barron uh, after the 2021 season rumors about him or he did i believe enter the portal for maybe one day or said he was going to enter the portal and took his name out that seemed like a pretty obvious nil deal if that's the case then obviously he got what he wanted from tennessee but how many of these situations happen that we don't know about how many times does tennessee say no we're not pursuing that any further good luck be on your way I, you know i don't know that that's a question that we really can't answer because tennessee is never going to tell you that stuff publicly because that's technically not how it's supposed to work but I think that's probably what's going on here. It feels like a little bit of a precarious situation if you're a wide receiver. And another position that Tennessee like really, really needs, I could be like, okay, you could probably jerk Tennessee around a little bit. Yeah, if you're they, a cornerback. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you you could tweet out, my recruitment is still open and ask Tennessee for a million dollars and they probably need to give it to you so that Tennessee can get some, some fresh cornerbacks in here. Um but for a wide receiver, I mean, Tennessee right now has kind of just been just a land of riches for wide receivers. And there's some floating out there 
that Tennessee probably wants more than J.J. Harrell. Now, I, I would say the chances are that if Tennessee got one of those five-star wide receivers, J.J. Harrell is not the guy that they're going to show the door to. It would be somebody else that they you know make room in a class for. And, and you hate that, but it's part of recruiting. That yeah, you can't take them all. Exactly. And and it's not like he's an in-state kid, you know. Yeah, he's not. Um, but it it does seem a tad precarious because I I'm not sure that Tennessee is just oh hurting so badly to need to recruit wide receivers. This thing recruits itself right now with wide receivers. Um, after you had a Bolitnikoff Award winner, uh, this past season, and and then multiple NFL draft picks within the first three rounds at the wide receiver position. I mean. What more? How could this speak for itself more, frankly, as far as that goes? And so that that's probably, you know, just an interesting element to me to throw out there. But I agree with you at the end of the day. I think it's just a little bit of a, you know, you're a high school kid. You're looking for that attention. You only get to do this once and, and you want to be courted by all the teams that you want to be courted by and do all of the stuff. I get it. It's. It's uh, not out of the realm of possibility for a high schooler to want to get attention and to want to have these opportunities presented where he can go to cool visits in different places and do all these things. So I, I, I understand completely, but also what you really want to see out of a recruit is your, your Nico, a kid that you get, and then he recruits for you. That is obviously the ideal situation. You're not going to get it with all of them, but I mean, this Harold is borderline in terms of being like a high enough profile kid where you could probably, you know, get him out there on, on the trail, so to speak, recruiting on your behalf. But apparently that's just not going to happen. And that's a shame, but hopefully he still comes to Tennessee. Yeah. If he doesn't, the one thing I don't like about this is that Lane Kiffin is Ole Miss is probably his most likely destination. If he doesn't go to Tennessee, Lane Kiffin's pushing hard for him, wants him to go to Ole Miss. And you don't want the narrative to be that, Lane Kiffin flipped the kid a wide receiver from Tennessee because you know how Lane is you know he'll celebrate that put it out there on social media try to turn that into the narrative that hey wide receiver pick Ole Miss over Tennessee you know how how impressive really is that offense all those kind of talking points would be put out there so hopefully that doesn't happen again who knows where this goes trying to predict some of these recruiting things is nearly impossible even for the guys that are talking to these high school players every day or their head so we'll see where it goes, but it is it is a tenuous situation, I'd say. Apparently, it might take a little bit more recruiting to make sure that he ends up in the boat with Tennessee. Uh, but looking through the comments, Noah says, the myth, the men, the legends, Charlie and Zach, go big orange. You don't have to say anything kind like that. We're just silly dudes on the internet talking about sports. But Noah, what's up, man? Thank you for joining the show. Uh, M- Mr. Jones says maybe... He is recruiting for Tennessee. I guess we don't know that. Um, yeah. I mean, that is a possibility. You can sort of play two cards here since you have I mean, him in the position. Like, and it feels like he is. It feels like he's trying to say, hey, it's open. I'm still taking visits. I want these schools to reach out to me. Also, I made the right decision committing to Tennessee. It's like he kind of wants it both ways. Wants to, you know, dance on both sides there. And I don't know. That's, that's his prerogative. Yeah, whatever, man. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, and uh, we'll, I guess we, we could make this, we can make this another segment. Uh, I'll, I'll stop here. So the next thing that we want to talk about before we move on from football 
in tonight's show is a uh, I don't know you how you describe this guy um, a character in the media landscape in the SEC uh, had some thoughts on Tennessee on a podcast uh, and we're going to talk about it Mike Griffith if you know anything about him um i've had some interesting interactions with the guy <laughs> but uh he used to be in the tennessee media corps if you don't know he had some thoughts uh, on on tennessee when he was on a podcast this past week and we're going to talk about that in this next segment right after i tell you about omaha steaks omaha let me find my read here omaha steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with all new handmade texture for the juiciest homestyle burgers that you have ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun, filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code BALLS at checkout to get an extra $20 off orders of $129 or more, plus free shipping. Order today so you can try each pure ground burger and sample all these steak on a bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. I am getting hungry as I read this. My gosh. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use promo code VALS at checkout to get $20 off your order of $129 or more and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. That is Omaha Steaks. Promo code VALS. V O. LS. Go get yourself some amazing burgers. Um, now, Griffith, uh, Mike Griffith goes on this uh, show. I, I don't have the actual audio clip of it, but he's asked, who would you have more faith in? Uh, and well, and I guess we should, we should say Griffith is now a reporter for Georgia. He's a Georgia reporter, although I want to say he's a Tennessee graduate. I think. Anyhow, I, I don't no know. He's from like Michigan or something. Is he? I, I, I feel don't like know. that's the case. I don't know the full background there, but he has long ties to Tennessee. I would put it that way. He's, he was a yeah. reporter for a really long time in Knoxville. Um, but he uh, is now reports for uh, for Georgia. And he is asked, who would you have more faith in right now? Shane Beamer or Josh Heupel? Like, who would you choose? Long-term success. Who are we going with? And he just glowed about Josh Heupel and Tennessee and specifically a lot of people grabbed on to the fact that he said Tennessee is a sleeping giant. Um, and I, I would say I don't love Mike Griffith's takes pretty much all of the time. Uh, but this one I could deal with. He, I think he pretty much hit the nail on the head. what did you think when you heard this Zach? Yeah, I was kind of surprised because he hasn't said a lot of, super positive things i mean about josh hypo i guess it hasn't really been necessarily negative but he was a butch jones guy he's grown close to jeremy pruitt who he had on weekly this past fall to discuss you know various college football things on his youtube show uh pruitt obviously a, f a former georgia assistant that you know between him and, and butch those were his two guys so he's kind of tried to give more credit to those guys than maybe hypo at times so I, was, I was a little bit surprised but it, i mean he's right and I, you could say that we're biased i mean I'm sure we are to some extent, but you see what happened, what's happening at South Carolina. It just doesn't seem sustainable. Uh, Shane Beamer's not Butch Jones necessarily, but the whole way that he's building that thing feels Butch Jones-ish. He's kind of relying on some clever marketing, 
some of the same things Butch did with the the media social media team and stuff at Tennessee and some of the different things that he kind of put out there. Whereas Josh Hypo, I mean, he'll go on and do radio interviews and he'll he'll say what he thinks and he has a a good time with the host and he'll make some jokes and he'll pretty strongly talk about his offense and seen the when he has to, but nothing too over the top. He's not replying to random fans on Twitter like Shane Beamer does at times. He's not filming these crazy videos to go viral or calling out reporters in the middle of press conferences. Well, Seth Heupel did kind of do that to Mike Griffith one time when Mike Griffith <laughs> wore a, uh, a red, a red jacket to the media press conference before the Georgia game this past season, which is a, one of the funnier moments of the season, if you want to go back and relive that. But it does feel more sustainable the way Josh Heupel's building it than what Shane Beamer's doing down there. And, and Beamer, you know, outside of that Tennessee game, and then they, they got past Clemson, they weren't that impressive last season. They had some real stinkers. And we've theorized that the reason that they kind of came on strong late is because they handed the offense over to Freddie Kitchens, let him make the calls instead of uh, – the offensive coordinator that had them went to Nebraska. I can't remember his name. That guy was coming heavy under fire from the fans. Did not like him. Wanted him fired. You, you let Freddie Kitchens call these last couple of games. It was a completely different offensive plan. Nobody was prepared for it. Tennessee had no idea what South Carolina was running. It was as bad as they looked defensively all season. You know, they boat raced South Carolina 2021 in Neyland. Who knows how it goes in 2023. It just feels like they're hyping South Carolina up a little too fast at this point. It doesn't seem like, you know, they're not a national championship contender. I don't think Spencer Rattler is going to go out there and lead them to 12 wins next season. I, I don't see that as a possibility. I think they're going to lose some games that they shouldn't lose in 2023. Maybe they win some that they shouldn't win too. I don't know, but it doesn't feel like that's going anywhere. It, it feels a lot like what Butch Jones did. He got the nine wins a couple times with Tennessee and then fizzled out. Beamer's personality, it's so he's so volatile that it just seems like at any point that could just all fall apart. He's just so he has that very thin, thin skin mentality that Butch Jones had. We've seen it in some of his interviews. I mean, when he's he's talking about which SEC coach he could beat in a fight uh, on the Bustin' with the Boys podcast, and he's serious like he's going through the list like locked in like i could take this guy i'm in good shape i could outrun this guy like, it's just a podcast man it's just having fun it's just a, a funny conversation and he's really you know going inside the numbers on it so yeah i think griffith's griffith's right and for him to say something positive like that about josh hype on tennessee must tell you that hey it really is correct yeah I actually, Mr. Jones, one of our great regular commenters here, he kind of beat me to what I was going to say. Uh, I think the main thing that I disagree with Griffith on is that Tennessee isn't a sleeping giant. It's an awake giant. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, Tennessee has sold, I, I think they, they beat their season ticket selling goal by three years, according to the reports around that situation. You know, 70 plus thousand sold season tickets. Saw somebody said on a message board they had sold a hundred thousand or something. Did you tell me that? I, I don't know. Don't don't no, say anything if it was buying a payroll or something. But I anywho, um, which would be insane. I mean, that seems I don't know if that's even possible, but I think so. Yeah, they, they, they sell that many season tickets. Yeah, I, I didn't think so either. But uh I don't know if people, somebody in the comments might know what I'm talking about. But anyway, I, I know that they were way, way, way ahead of schedule there. You saw what happened this season 
overall, there's nothing sleeping about this. <laughs> you went 11 and two. You were a loss away from the college football playoff. That's not, nobody's asleep. South Carolina beat the team that was a team uh, went away from the college football playoff. Like that's all South Carolina did. And I think the main thing that I look at when I look at Beamer is I just see so much of what I've seen before here at Tennessee. You see a guy who he's having relative success. He absolutely is. But when you get to the actual off season and you look back at the results, South Carolina fans aren't looking and going like, Oh man, what a what an amazing season. I can't believe it. We're going to go and this, this everything's on the way up. We're going exactly where we want to go in this train. It's a train that's headed right up the mountain. Nobody's saying that. The conversation is you guys, you guys think this is going to work out long term? And you know when we had that conversation was with Butch Jones. I mean, it's exactly what you're saying, Zach. We've had that conversation plenty of times here where we went, yeah, he won 9 games, but like yeah, it's, you, you sort of you sort of put quotes around one. <laughs> like he won nine games. Yes, that happened. Or however, what was it? Eight, I guess, for South Carolina. Or was it? Yeah, because they lost their bowl game. I think it was eight this season. Yeah, yeah, they're eight and five. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, he won. He won eight games. Re- relatively speaking, hey, that's nice. You went from absolute garbage to eight wins so far. But you look at Beamer and the way that he's doing all of that there, and you just go, "There's something off here." There's just something, it just doesn't, you know, it's not translating. And um, if if they had, think of the difference in the narrative at all, in, in totality around Beamer, if he had lost to Tennessee or Clemson, either or. I think specifically losing to Tennessee just because it was so shocking the way that they did it. I mean, you could have that miracle win over Clemson. Tennessee went a few weeks later and, and beat the snot out of them. I think clearly Clemson just wasn't that great of a football team. But um, I mean, the way they beat Tennessee, you take that away. What is the narrative around South Carolina football right now? Seven wins. They, they're getting absolutely lapped by, by Tennessee, who people really want to compare them to, even though they're not really comparable as programs. But, um, you know, the, there's just... You look at those situations, and it it is it's it's just it's butchy. That's I every Tennessee fan is going to say that. We all know why because we were all there during the butch years. We all just know that feeling. We all know because yeah. we were all there. We it's like we all understand. It's <laughs> like he's pr- trying to prove that he belongs in the SEC as a head coach. Yeah. Same thing that Butch did. Yeah, we we we've seen it before. The thing that strikes me is that the narrative around Tennessee from opposing fan bases is eleven and two. That lost by 25 points to South Carolina. That's always the caveat that that other fan bases bring up. It seems that South Carolina fans completely forget that they got blown out by a really not like a really bad Florida team. Like they lost by over 30 points to a bad Florida team. They lost to a really bad Missouri team. Or not really bad, but a well, they were six and six, I think, last season. Pretty bad. Not a very good Missouri team. Uh, you, you've lost to Arkansas. You got blown out by Georgia. I don't hold that against you. But there were some losses there that they just they seemed to overlook, like they didn't really happen, especially that loss to Florida. Uh, I think you you can't lose by 32 points to Florida and then think that beating twenty you know Tennessee by 25 points is like that never happened. Uh, I, I, I don't see that logic in that. It doesn't make any sense to me that you know it gets brought up about Tennessee but not South Carolina. And Absolutely. and who says that 
you know, if you're going to say, okay, that's not who South Carolina is, you know, they, they righted the ship and this is who they are now. The team that beat Tennessee by 25 points, the team that squeaked by an, a mediocre Clemson team, maybe lost in your bowl game. Well, then that's gotta be the same thing for Tennessee because they rebounded from that South Carolina loss, blew out Vanderbilt who was fighting for bowl eligibility with their, you know, backup quarterback. They did what they're supposed to do against Vanderbilt. I'm not going to say that, Tennessee fans should celebrate that win like it was a massive win. They did what they should have done that night in not great weather conditions. And they went and, and handled business against Clemson with that same, you know, backup quarterback who will be their starter this year. And Joe Milton, you know, they righted the ship too, then if that's what South Carolina wants to go with. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I feel like it should be more concerning for SEC programs that Joe Milton was the guy that quote unquote, like righted the ship there. Like he's the, He's going to be the starter. Now, South Carolina, still, they have the the Radler kid. He's going to be their starter this year, too. Fine, fine, fine. But, you know, that it's he's not getting the respect he deserves. But that's a, that's a conversation for a little bit later in the offseason, a whole different can of worms there. Did you, I mean, to, to real touch on that real quick, just something that I noticed during the draft. Did you catch when Mel Kuyper was talking about Hendon Hooker and one of the ways he dismissed Hendon Hooker was because Joe Milton played so well against Clemson? Like, what a just slap in the oh. face of Milton. Well, Milton played this well, so Hooker can't be that good. It has to be the <laughs> offense. God, Mel Kuyper is just the worst, man. He was so I wrong. I don't know how he has that job at he all. He was so wrong about Levis. They had, I mean, they had that graphic up on the thing during the entire first round. It was like Mel Kuyper's top on the board, and it was Will Levis the entire time, and he went the entire night without getting without getting drafted. God, Kuiper's a clown. That's mm-hmm. that's so annoying. Um, but, uh, you know, to wrap that up, just on the whole, Griffith, in- incredibly, uh, you know, I'll say it again, he's not somebody I agree with basically ever, but he he pretty much nailed, uh, nailed it right on the head there. Isn't that what he was saying about Tennessee? And and I, I think just long-term, you, you stack everything up side by side, and I just think this this is better for, for Tennessee, but time will tell. We'll find out this season. South Carolina has to come to Knoxville in a, in a, uh, where, where Tennessee is playing for revenge and may God have mercy on their soul. I'll put it that way. Uh, okay. People have been asking in these comments about baseball. We've had Thomas is asking, Eric is asking about baseball. We're going to talk about it in just a second, but actually Eric, I, I will say this. Eric also asked, What's the conference schedule going to look like when Texas and Oklahoma join? I, I actually saw our, our homie uh, uh, Boogie Bentley at Talk of Vols made a video about this today. I don't want to step on his toes or anything, but uh, that's that's a conversation we'll have very very soon because he I think his video I didn't I haven't gotten to watch it yet, but I think his video said they're close to finalizing that scheduling. I think it's supposed to happen in May sometime. Yeah, so that's Maybe that's going to be the end of the month. I, I would put it this way: When that news comes out, we're gonna have we're gonna have a whole show about it. <laughs> I mean, we're definitely oh, yeah. gonna talk about that. We so. do know we do know this: that Josh Heupel wants the nine games, and Nick Saban would rather have the eight without the the three permanent robberies. Take take from that what you will. It has to be the nine games. There's there's yeah. just no. I mean, there's no other way around it with that many teams. It just I think really it just comes down to TV money at this point, and then they'll, they'll sort yep. the schedule out. I'm sure there will be plenty of arguments in, in uh, the SEC meetings about that. Exactly. So I assume those will be the, the SEC meetings happen in Destin, usually at the end of May. I assume that's when all that news will come out. I think so. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, because I really, 
really want to talk about it with some it's all just been speculation up to this point. Yeah. I want to talk about it with some yeah, I've heard so many different it. things. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to nail down just one of those to kind of go with. We we really need to wait at this point until we have the yeah. for sure, you know, opponents. But if it does go with that six three, it means every if a Tennessee player plays for four years at Tennessee, he will play every single team in the SEC and they will play what? at least every team once in Knoxville under that type of schedule. Yeah. I, and I'm so tired of just having that conversation of like, this person says that it's going to be Alabama and Kentucky and Florida. And this person says the permanent opponents are going to be XXX. Yeah, I just want to find it. I just want to find out. Yeah. It's all over the place now. So once it gets yeah. ironed out, we will absolutely discuss it. Uh, and now on to baseball. Tony Vitello and the boys went down to Athens and lost the series. What does it mean for Tennessee? We'll talk about it right after I tell you about Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans has been serving Tennesseans for over 75 years. Much has changed in Tennessee over the years, but some has stayed the same. Farm Bureau Health Plans has always valued personal relationships, especially when it comes to good health and good service. Plan on Farm Bureau Health Plans for health, dental, and vision for better coverage, better rates, and better service. Go to fbhp.com. Slash ATOZ or walk into one of their 200 plus locations across the state. That is FBHP.com slash ATOZ. Farm Bureau Health Plans. Support them because they support our show. Keep this train running. Now for baseball. Uh, you really had a ton of momentum to the point where, and I, I want to say, was it Eric in the comments here? Uh, no, it's Thomas. He, he said, uh, is Tennessee baseball going to host a regional tournament game next month? I think they were really, really close to doing that if they had won this series against Georgia. And they won the opening game, and that was really encouraging. And, and you kind of looked and went, oh, man, this might this might really happen. We're going to have a regional in Knoxville after thinking Tennessee might miss the NCAA tournament altogether. And then you end up uh, losing the next two games. Now, you have some home games coming up, and to me, when I look at what has happened with this baseball team, they just kind of stink on the road. They're really just not good on the road. I want to say they've won three true road games all season, uh, and and correct me if I'm wrong there, but I, it's something like that, something close to that, and that is just brutal. I would, if I'm going to guess, I'm going to say no regional, but Tennessee ends up, you know, getting, getting a decent seed, probably a higher seed than we probably thought in the middle of the season. And then having to go play on the road, which is a dicey prospect at this point. But uh, what'd you, what'd you think of the series, Zach? Well, the, obviously it started out great Friday night, the loss on Saturday, you know, three to one. Those happen from time to time. I feel like the third loss in the series, that's the one where maybe some decisions could have been made where it could have played out a little differently. Drew Beam was getting barreled pretty well. I felt like that. I guess it's easy to say in retrospect that you take Beam out in that fifth inning because they were kind of hadn't went around the lineup the third time just yet. And usually that would be when you take somebody out in that situation. I still felt like there was enough there that's like, hey, don't want to let this game get away. You know, let's make the change here going into the fifth inning, go to the bullpen. Maybe the game plays out differently there. If they don't, they leave him in. He only gets one out. He wasn't helped. I think that 
beginning of the inning started with an error, so that didn't really help matters where you, you should have had an out there to begin with. But it, it was hard contact on him all, all afternoon, so I, I felt like maybe a different decision could have been made there. But again, that is baseball, too. Like Those those things happen, too. It's always a gamble when you leave a starter out for that extra inning where he hasn't had his best stuff, and you're, you're hoping he can just grind through it and kind of save your bullpen a little bit. And wasn't able to get it done. So I don't – that loss doesn't bother me a ton either because I feel like you can make a different decision and maybe that plays out different and, and you win that game. It, it, it's – you know, it is what it is. It, it, But it does suck, obviously, for the prospects of hosting a tournament game. That's – you know, like you said, that kind of makes that a little bit more difficult. Now you got to go take care of business against Kentucky. Then you got to go back to Columbia and see and hope they can maybe sweep that series. I mean, and, and beating Kentucky. Thankfully, it's at home. It's in Knoxville, I believe. Um, but that's going to be no no small task. They, I think, they're a top ten team at this point, even. So, you know, it it is just not nothing about any of this going forward is going to be any kind of a cakewalk where you just go like, yeah, we're going to make it to whatever. I I just think this team, they're kind of head cases, and that's tough. Uh, yeah, you got Kentucky at home. You win that series. I think you're pretty much set for the NCAA tournament. Um, but you, I mean, you got to win, I would say at least one of each to make the NCAA tournament. I think you got to at least win one of each against South Carolina and Kentucky, maybe another one, even, uh, and one of those, like you might have to win one of those series, uh, I maybe not. It, it's just, it's hard to say. And I don't, I don't want to act like I'm some kind of bracket expert with college baseball, just just reading what I've read about that. Uh, but I uh, I just think on on the whole, this team just don't make them play on the road. <laughs> that's that's the key. And that's what concerns me with, you know, Hoover, neutral site, might have some fans there. Obviously, you won that tournament last year, so maybe you have some confidence there. Who knows? But uh, just play, having to play on the road in that regional – it doesn't exactly instill any confidence in me the way that this team has played in road spots. And so what does that mean going forward? Can they pull a miracle? Maybe, maybe they can. I, crazier things have happened. And the the team that won a national championship last year was in just as bad of a spot as Tennessee at the moment, if not worse. And so anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, well, hey, not... look, I mean, just look at where this team was a few weeks ago. And we were wondering if they're going to wake up or not. And they suddenly do doesn't mean they had completely arrived at that point. They still have to figure out the road thing. You know, you go to South Carolina, that's another opportunity to figure it out. Maybe they, yep. maybe they find it down there in Columbia. You know, who maybe. knows? But that you, you have another chance to get it going before the tournament. Like everything is still fine. You want to host a game, but if that can't happen, you still, you just got to find a way. So everything's still going to be there for them to, to go as far as they want to go. Maybe they find that, Whatever they've been missing on the road, they find some sort of spark that they kind of figure it out again and move forward, and they're just fine. Or maybe they don't, and it's one and done. I mean, it, this it's going to be a tournament where you going down. Wake Forest has played pretty well. It could be any of these teams that come out of nowhere, just like last season with Ole Miss. Exactly. Baseball is a weird sport, so I'm just gonna give it a second. Just see what happens and and we'll go from there but i 
Eric says, I'm going to watch Jordan Beck play next week in Everett, Washington. He plays for the Spokane Indians. I saw that he Beck had hit like six home runs in eight games or something, and he was like player yeah, of the like week. A, yeah, a lot of the former Vols have been. I mean, Drew Gilbert's tearing it up for yep. the Asheville Tourist. He just got promoted to double A for the Astros at Corpus Christi. He was hitting like 360 in A ball, which it's just a ball and he's a college guy, but sometimes those guys Still. have a little bit of slow starts and it takes them a little bit to kind of get comfortable and find their rhythm. Gilbert, you know, with his confidence, he has had no problems. Uh, Blade Tidwell, I saw a video of him the other day striking out the number one draft pick last year, Jackson Holiday. So, I mean, he's kind of on the right path to striking some guys out. He's in Brooklyn uh, playing with the Mets farm team. So they've, you know, some of those former balls are doing pretty well. And maybe tells you a little bit about how, how much Tennessee truly lost last season. Yeah, for sure. With specifically with Gilbert and Beck. I mean, they yeah, were just list them and several of those guys. I mean, uh, Ortega, yeah. I mean, a lot of talent that, that got drafted. Yeah. They just had some dudes on that team, but they, this, this team has dudes too. They got to figure it out. I mean, one, one, uh, that we haven't mentioned Blake Burke, man, his, his performances in sec play have been brutal, brutal. I, I, I almost look, and I think he's a piece where if you could get him to turn the bat on in SEC games, that's a complete a complete game changer mm-hmm. for this offense because he's been, I don't want to say terrible, but he has been. He was terrible this weekend. He really was just not good. And so if he could figure out a way to turn it on, obviously I mean, he's one of the best guys on this team, and you need him to do that because other guys, you had some other guys mashing it decently well this weekend, and he was just, ugh. Lost so many stranded guys. It wasn't all his fault, but from from multiple guys at the plate, so many stranded runners and just ugh, gotta clean it yeah, up. Nothing more, nothing more frustrating than not coming through with runners in scoring position. Yeah, man. But uh well, we can finish with this. Eric says it here. The softball team is kicking ass, though. They won the SEC regular season championship with a win over South Carolina over the weekend. Congratulations to everybody involved there. You know what? I couldn't believe it was the first time they won it since 2007. They've been so good for so long and they still, they hadn't won it in that long. That was very surprising. It's how hard it is. I mean, it's a very hard thing to win any sort of conference tournament, in the sec in any sport. These, yeah, all of these kids are extremely talented you have some coaches that are better than others, but they're all pretty good coaches, right? They all know what they're doing. They all got to where they are because they've had a lot of success at the lower levels and climbed the ladder. It's a really hard thing to do. It, it just is. I know that's not a popular answer sometimes, but it's just, it's tough. It just is. And I, that team is, is more than good enough to win a national title. They definitely, they just got to go, go and take it. They, I mean, kind of like the men's, the kind of like the baseball team, they need to wake those bats up a little bit. They, they went flat in that final game against South Carolina um, over the weekend. And so every everybody just, what whatever you pray for, say the prayers for Tennessee's bats <laughs> for the next few weeks. We need we need all the good, the good vibes, the good omens, whatever it is uh, to to make it as far as possible, because the the softball team now is headed to the SEC tournament. I mean, it's the rubber's about to beat the road. For them so uh hopefully everybody can turn it on down the stretch that would be great and, and tennessee could maybe win some championships that would be good so i think that's it charlie burris zach reagan this this will be a sh- this is the shortest one we've had in 
quite a while. 55 yeah, well, minutes, man. It's May, so. Exactly. That's going to happen. <laughs> Charlie Burris, Zach Reagan, the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. You know where to find us. Go to A to Z Sports.com, the A to Z Sports Nashville YouTube channel. Subscribe, do all the things and all of that, you know, nonsense. And, uh, yeah, I think that is it. Uh, thank you so, so, so much for watching, for commenting, for always tuning in. You guys are too good to us, everybody. Uh, Eric, Mr. Jones, even Big Tin, Jeff, Thomas, uh, everybody, Noah, everybody who's been watching, even Austin Stanley tuned in. Um, I, I guess I really should thank him because he cuts a paycheck to me. So thank you to Austin. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we will talk to you all next week. See you guys later.